Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Issues 2019. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Sedgwick County Health Director Adrian Byrne. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Issues 2019. Let's... Let's begin with something in the news, if we can. A, a big jump in the number of syphilis cases in Kansas over the past five years, uh, 152 cases in 2018, compared with just 60 in 2013. Are we seeing anything like that in Sedgwick County? Any trends going on that way? Absolutely. We also have quite an uptick in cases in Sedgwick County, and of uh, particular concern are the congenital syphilis cases that are uh, coming along with that across the country and in the United States. So if, if anyone is pregnant, they should be tested during their first and third trimester of pregnancy and at delivery because babies born to women infected with syphilis are more likely uh, to also have low birth weight and the babies can be stillborn. How dangerous is this for an adult? I mean, obviously for an infant, you'd say it's a lot very dangerous. But, but it can be. If, if syphilis is untreated, it can also be uh, dangerous for an adult. It can cause uh, blindness, paralysis, and even dementia. I just finished reading a, a book on Al Capone, who apparently had it for about 15 years and finally died. So we do have a problem then in Sedgwick County. Have you got any numbers on that or anything, Adrian? We have quite a quite a problem. Well, for congenital, in 2018 in Kansas, we had eight uh, cases compared to one case since 2011. So that is a huge jump of congenital uh, syphilis as far as babies being born. And we have uh, in Sedgwick County, our syphilis cases are uh, very high as well. And so anyone can get syphilis, particularly at high risk are men having sex with men, anyone being sexual with someone that has been diagnosed with syphilis or is HIV positive. So it's important for everybody to get tested uh, for any STI. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to go into the symptoms because I think I know what they are. <laughs> Not pleasant, right? Right. Okay. No. <laughs> You'll know it if you got it. Huh? Yes. Okay. What does uh, the health department say about uh, uh, preventing and treating these kinds of diseases. What yeah, I think you just gave me the advice right there, didn't you? Well, the best way is to um, either abstain or uh, definitely use uh, condoms and know how to use them correctly and know your uh, syphilis or know your partner that they don't have syphilis or other STIs. Now, when you, somebody infects somebody, then somebody's going to infect somebody else. I mean, this has a little ripple effect, does it not? It very much can, yes. If yeah. people are having unprotected sex, then any STI, sexually transmitted infection, can be passed. Now, in the interest of privacy, though, can a physician or somebody say, hey, hey give us a list of people you've been doing this with? That would well, make, it, make it easier to, to stop it, I guess. Well, that's where uh, Sedgwick County Health Department disease intervention specialists uh, come into play. Uh, we, we do testing in our clinic, and then if anyone tests positive or someone in the community, then we will get the uh, lab results, and we will contact the person 
to uh, help them identify who all they've been sexual with so that we can then reach out to them to get tested. And you had asked about uh, cases in uh, Kansas and Cedric County in Mm -hmm. regards to syphilis. We've had 152 cases in Kansas in 2018. And then in Sedgwick County, we had 112 cases in 2018 compared to a five-year average of 89 per year before. So it is on the rise. Wow. Let's talk for just a little bit about flu shots. Uh, Yes. How effective is this year's immunization? Well, we don't know that yet. Uh, It's too early to tell. But um, in the, the state laboratory has to be the ones to confirm in order for us to say we actually have our first, our first uh, flu. But we know that we are beginning to see influenza-like activity in the emergency rooms, and more people are uh, coming in for their flu shot already compared to last year. I think part of that is that the 18-19 flu season was moderately severe, and it was the longest flu season we had had in 10 years. Really? Yes. So what? generally speaking, what, what is the flu season? This day to this day or this month to this month? Um, it, it, October to February, March. Okay. Um, last year, there were two waves of influenza A that were a little bit unusual. The first was October to mid-February, and then the second one was late February to mid-May. Who should get the shot? Everybody should get the shot that is six months and older and less recommended by their physician. Okay. So who, who doesn't, who, who's not a good candidate then? Somebody who has a chronic illness, something like that? Then? Yes. Yeah. And, and their, their physician will be able to let them know if that is something that they need to have or not. Now, the overall vaccine effectiveness for last year was 47% compared to 38% the year before. And the thing about the uh, vaccine, even if it isn't a 100% match, which is almost, it's going to be impossible for it to be anywhere near that because the strains mutate and they make the vaccine based on the previous year's um, strains, and, but they can mutate during that time. So even if it's not, let's say even if it's a 30 or 40% match, it still provides some protection from getting the flu. And if someone gets the flu, it can really shorten the duration and how severe it is. And what was the match last year, the percentage? The match last year was uh, the overall effectiveness was 47%. Okay. Um, tell me about the, the symptoms of flu. I mean, when I was growing up, if you, if you threw up, they said, oh, that's flu. You know, and I, I, it wasn't. But what are the symptoms? That's How do I know true. if I've got it? Well, fever, chills, sore throat, body aches, headaches, Uh, Severe tiredness and fatigue are one of the telltale signs along with those body aches, runny or stuffy nose. And the flu is spread by sneezing and those droplets that end up anywhere and everywhere. So it's important to sneeze in our elbows, sneeze in a a Kleenex, and of course, wash our hands all the time. Soap and water uh, is more effective than hand hand sanitizer, but if hand sanitizer is all there is, then use the hand sanitizer. Are there any figures uh, on the impact of flu on school and work attendance? You ever see anything on that? You know, uh, there can be, but there hasn't been uh, in the in the last several years that big of an impact. Um, but that is something that we can definitely look at if, if that if that occurs, because we monitor 
uh, school absenteeism. And so we'll know if something is going on in the schools. So again, the, the advice on how to prevent getting the flu, uh, you get the shot and then what else? Get the best prevention is to get the flu shot and then to wash those hands and not quickly sing the ABC or happy birthday twice and get in the fingernails between the, the fingers, just really lather up well and rinse and uh, do your best not to grab onto the handle of the uh, bathroom door, grab a paper towel because those germs are everywhere. And if someone is sick to stay home, although most likely if someone has the flu, they will be too fatigued and feel horrible to get out of bed. <laughs> get up, all right. Yes. In recent years, the supermarkets and drugstores have been giving the shots. Has that helped much uh, in getting more people inoculated or immunized? And, and, and how are, are they safe? Yes, the, yes. The flu shots are very safe. And there's no live virus in the flu shot. So the type of um, symptoms that someone might have, if they have a reaction, is going to be maybe a little bit of swelling at the site or redness. Um, and, of course, you know, arm might hurt. It's important to really relax since it's a muscular shot and then to move the arm around um, afterwards. But it is, it is totally safe for anyone that is recommended to get that six months and older. Well, my wife and I got ours the other day, and the shot itself was barely nothing. Good. But the next day, I hit my shoulder against the wall. Well, wow. Yes. It, hurt. it didn't hurt much. It was just a little bit. Just have to remember to yeah. move it around. And it is important for pregnant women to also get the flu shot. Really? Because it does provide some protection to, to the baby because they can't get one until they're six months old. What happened? Uh, what You've got the flu. Is there anything uh, that you can take? Over-the-counter or by prescription that will uh, help out and, and uh, with the symptoms? Well, there are, are over-the-counter uh, remedies that will minimize some of the symptoms, your ibuprofen, uh, Tylenol-type uh, medications. But if someone can go to their medical provider, they can get an antiviral, especially if they get there in the first three days. And that antiviral, such as Tamiflu, and there are a couple other available now, can really uh, shorten the duration and the severity. You're listening to Issues 2019 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Sedgwick County Health Director Adrian Byrne. How long, I ask you this every year, how long before we see a cure for the common cold? I saw some news the other day they were talking about, oh, can it be, is it here? You know, they've got always you, something. And you'll probably be asking me that <laughs> and then anyone that comes after me that because there's so many viruses, so many different types of viruses out there. So the common cold is just not one virus. It's, there's it, all sorts of viruses. Okay. It's kind of misunderstanding. We think that it is one illness, but it, it could be any then. Yes. Huh? It seems like to me there are times there are a lot of unknown viruses around. Tell me about that. The uh, unknown viruses? Yeah, I mean, you, I hear it all the time. Well, the doctor says he, I've got a virus. They don't know what it yes, is or where yes. it came from. But yes. uh, well, they, Is this they, coming from outer space or from foreign they, countries or what? They know if, it, if it's uh, not a bacteria that they don't need to treat it with antibiotics. So if they identify it's a bacteria, then they know that, that they can treat it with at the antibiotics. Um, how about the pulmonary disease outbreak due to vaping? Yeah, I was going to talk to you about vaping. Tell me about that. What's that all about? Well, 
there's, uh, the, you know, the situation is that there's vaping-related respiratory illnesses have been identified in the United States, and uh, there there are currently uh, 1,300 cases of vaping-related pulmonary illnesses in, four, in 49 states, and 15 have been reported in Kansas. Currently, there's been 26 confirmed deaths in the United States related to vaping uh, illnesses, and two were in Kansas. So was this just one type of illness, or is it well, different types? Th- they are all pulmonary illnesses. The challenge is to identify exactly what is causing it. They know that there have been cannabinoid or THC oils um, in some of the cartridges, uh, black market, uh, people buying on the black market, but they all, but there are uh, teens and young adults that have been interviewed that say they did not get theirs on the black market or mix it with THC. So there are a lot of chemicals in uh, e-cigarettes, and the best thing to do is not to use them. Uh, we're going to switch up a little bit here. How, how long have you been with the health department, Adrian? I have. That always, now I feel really old. Yeah. I've been with the health department. Oh, <laughs> I've been with the health department for about 31 years. 31 years, huh? A long time. And in this position, about five. What did you do before that? Did you, were you just a, a child then? or? Yeah, well, I can't <laughs> quite say that. I uh, uh, graduated from K-State with my uh, degree in counseling and was a psychotherapist for a number of years. And part of that time was with the health department when we had an outpatient uh, counseling center. And then just... Here I am, one, okay. one position or another. All right. I, I love public health. Uh, you talk about mental uh, I want to ask you this question real quick. We, we're getting stories, uh, doing stories in our news all the time, locally, about people who are having mental episodes and they're, they're shooting people or they're locking themselves in their house and won't come out or they're doing some nasty business. And our law enforcement people are getting a little, little concerned about it. Uh, in fact, very concerned about it. Uh, you got any comment on that? These people that probably should be institutionalized and are out there running around. Well, I can tell you that Sedgwick County has uh, started this year the pilot of ICT one, and it has you know law enforcement, EMS, and a uh, social worker or therapist, and it has been uh, very effective so far at keeping people from being hospitalized, where they are able to deal with the situation uh, right then and there. And so that is one thing that Sedgwick County is is doing. Yeah, now you now I remember. Yeah, the, that's a kind of a team concept. Yes, absolutely, uh, and it's being very effective so far. All right, now let's talk about uh, WIC, Women, Infants, and Children. Yes, is that a federal program or is that? A it is. It is a USDA funded program that the funding uh, is funneled through uh, State of Kansas WIC and to the local. Uh, Kansas Health Departments. So what is it? Is, is it exactly what is it then? Is well, uh, Women, Infant, and Children Program mm-hmm. is a nutritional program and referral. And so anyone in Sedgwick County that is uh, pregnant, has children under the age of five, is breastfeeding, and meets some uh, nutritional, has some nutritional or medical issues, such as the baby is low, low uh, birth weight or maybe anemic, um, and they are 185% of the federal poverty level, uh, then they are eligible for those services, and they learn a lot about um, eating healthy 
and they have are given uh, food packages on debit type cards, depending upon if they're breastfeeding or pregnant, have children, and it's meant as a supplement, not as um, here is all of your food, but helps them learn about eating healthy. And anyone really, uh, whenever you're in the grocery store and you see the WIC, um, what WIC logo. emblem or logo, logo. yeah, um, that's that's not saying that food is just for low income. That is saying that that food is deemed nutritious by the USDA, and it's going to be 100% uh, wheat or 100% this. I mean, it's going to be very healthy, solid food. Hmm. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, what about the, what other efforts does the health department make to to promote healthy babies? You've talked about a lot here. Yes, morning. and we still have our, our healthy babies program. So not only do we have the WIC that helps with monitoring uh, BMI uh, in in babies to, to help them um, have a healthy weight, uh, and with all the nutritious foods and and training, educating the, the moms about. Um, food. Uh, the Healthy Babies Program goes into mom's homes when they're pregnant and uh, through the baby's year or 18-month-old, 18-month uh, uh, date, and just educates them about whether it's pregnancy and what to expect and what to look for, if there are any problems, how to eat, uh, healthy, the importance of exercising, and uh, then is there when the baby's born to look at baby developmental milestones and just how to take care of the baby. Talk about uh, the general efforts that uh, the department makes to promote a healthy lifestyle. Well, the best thing would be if you never got sick, and but <laughs> that would be true. And and uh, we did have our health educators, uh, our health promotion program cut a number of years ago, but we, uh, the county did approve a health educator for 2019, and and we'll be slowly adding more of those back. But in 2019, we began offering chronic disease, uh, chronic for D's. Let's see. Try it again there. Chronic Try it again. So we, we began offering diabetes self-management. Oh, okay. And then yeah. chronic disease self-management uh, classes. And um, they've been very successful so far. So they are, for anyone really that is diabetic or has any kind of chronic disease, that you want to and wanting to learn how to better take care of oneself and a family member could come in if they wanted to understand and how they could promote um, better choices and also learn for themselves how about you well i know there are a lot of people who either know someone with diabetes or have it themselves yes. and that's that is a that's nasty isn't it tell them tell them it is that. and we have there's over there's over 35,000 people in Sedgwick County uh, diagnosed with diabetes. And so when you say that we know someone, or whether it's friend or family, absolutely right. And it's important that um, someone that's diabetic really monitor their sugar levels and, and exercise, just like all of us. But it, it's even more important because of it, it affecting their health. And uh, it can be, as I understand, it can be, depending on how severe it is, it can be controlled pretty much. With diet and lifestyle, can it? Yes, and if it's beyond the, uh, diet and lifestyle, then medication. Mm-hmm. Some do do need medication, but yes, uh, monitoring uh, food and exercise is a very important part of that. How does the health department assist people who are uh, low income and, and without insurance? 
Well, uh, that is that population of the uninsured and underinsured are our uh, primary target, really. That's who you're targeting? Yeah. Yes. So uh, we are providing the um, vaccinations and, you know, the uh, flu shot for uninsured children and uh, uninsured adults and underinsured adults, uh, children can come to the health department on 2716 West Central and get that, be vaccinated at no charge for the flu shot. Uh, and then some of the other, the other vaccinations can be uh, given on a sliding scale with proof of income. Uh, we have our uh, breast and cervical cancer screening for women over 45. Uh, there are just a number of uh, programs and services that we offer uh, so that people can get quality uh, quality treatment even if they don't have insurance. How many people work in your department? Approximately about 143. Really? Yes. Okay. So what's the annual budget in Sedgwick County for that? About, <laughs> I'd say we're about $10 million at okay. this point, yeah. and uh, a little bit more than half are uh, state and federal grants, okay. and then the rest uh, is local money. That was my question. I mean, it's not all local money, then. No, it's not. Uh, is, uh, is that enough? Well, <laughs> most people will probably always say they can use more, but uh, we could definitely use some more health educators to be out in the community, more epidemiologists to keep their pulse on what's going on, the finger on the pulse of the community. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about today? I've, I've just about exhausted my questions for you. You may have something new and exciting you want to talk about. No, yeah. I just a, just a reiteration of to please get out there and get your flu shot. Uh, we have no idea how, um, what it's going to be like this year, how, how severe or not. And so it's important to be protected for you and people around you and your family. And again, we don't have a confirmed case in Kansas yet? We do not have any confirmed cases. Okay. But the activity, flu-like activity, is showing up in the emergency rooms. Well, that's good. we'll see what happens in the days ahead. Does the health department uh, use volunteers? We work with a lot of uh, KU students and WSU students, so they usually are more coming for a practicum or to just observe someone. Um, once in a while, there are opportunities for volunteers, and they go onto the Sedgwick County website and uh, fill out a volunteer form if that's something they're interested in. It sounded to me earlier when we talked about uh, how you got started uh, in your career. You just started out in one direction, and you kind of turned a corner and went another way. Or do you still uh, uh, sit people on the couch and try to an analyze them? I mean. <laughs> yeah, well, that doesn't work so well. Um, mm. But it, it's always been about people. It's always been about people. And so, yes, and I just kind of turned the corner, but it's always been about helping people and, um, and, and those in need. So where are you from? I was born in Pennsylvania and grew up in Ohio. But I've been in Kansas since I was 21, so this is my home. So how did you get to Kansas? Then? A good uh, my sister and brother-in-law at the time were uh, in the Army, and they were in Manhattan, and so I transferred colleges to K-State, and here I am all those years later. When you were a little kid, when you were a child, uh, what did you think you were dreaming that you were going to grow up to be? You know, what I remember is that I always I, I wanted to bring all the starving children from all over the world to this big house 
you know, just take care of them. Now, that's not realistic. But, you know, I, I had that, that, that helping, loving sense, even at that point, as far as wanting to help people have a better life. Well, we have, we have a lot of people, and I do this interview type interview every week, and we have a lot of people who want to help other people. And we sure appreciate all the work that they do, and most of them in, in, in private things or, you know, or in uh, uh, fundraising things, things like that. But uh, it's good to hear from folks like that, folks like you. Looks like you're making at least part of that dream come true. Yes. Thanks for being with us. Our Thank you for asking me. Our guest is Sedgwick County Health Director Adrian Byrne. That's all for this edition of Issues 2019. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.